What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, we have Adrian from Personal Performance. Oh my god, I got it right. What a good start to the day. <laughs> yeah, Adrian's here with us. We're just going to talk... I mean, I think we're talking about a lot of things. We're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk performance. We're going to talk strength conditioning. You know, a lot of good things. So, welcome, Adrian. How are Appreciate you? It. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, G. Yeah. Um, so, tell us a little bit about you and maybe your story. You know, I like to start off these things and just be like, you know, where'd you come from? How'd you get into, you know, athletics or how'd you get into fitness? You know, give us a start from the top. Start from the top. Well, uh, or the um, bottom. I don't know. Or the bottom, right? <laughs> um, well, it uh, all started probably initially for me uh, in college. Uh, I actually was working out myself, was relatively active, played sports in high school. My parents were athletic whenever they were younger. My dad was a national champion diver. My mom was a collegiate swimmer and track runner, you know, and then... Really? Um, yeah, so kind of... Why weren't you a diver or a swimmer then? <laughs> I know, right? They yeah. didn't have those pools in North Carolina, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, but uh, no, so was around that, very active, grew up kind of on a farm, always, you know, doing a lot of physical labor. Country strong, man. That's right, that's right, corn-fed white boy. But yeah. uh, <laughs> um, but no, so once once I got into college, I wasn't nearly as athletic. I was like 6'3 and 150 pounds. I was a string bean and just couldn't put you know, the power down to the ground, like the rest of the guys that I guess, uh, matured a lot sooner than I did. But, yeah. um, no, I uh, got into college was, you know, working out just to relieve stress. I was in between majors, didn't know what I was doing. I ended up hurting my back in the gym. So, um, that kind of started my quest of research and I was going to some physical therapists, going to some chiropractors, going to, you know, spinal specialists, like all these things that, Oh, it's, you know, partially a bulging disc, maybe a QL strain, right? Something, something wasn't right. I couldn't figure out what was going on and basically ended up taking myself to go through a bunch of research and, and try to figure out myself. And that's where I ended up finding exercise science uh, where I was at college in UNC Charlotte. Um, ended up changing my major in that, really just kind of dove headfirst into it and really kind of fell in love with it and uh, ran with it from there, all trying to just... <laughs> not wake up in the morning when I'm 19 years old and have to crawl out of bed like I'm 81, you know? That, that, that was, would not be that ideal. That was a big reality check for me whenever I couldn't even get out of bed. You know, just, what is going on, so. What um, specific movement were you doing? Was it? I was doing power cleans. Okay. Just something I had no business doing, right? Uh, kind of one of those things now that I look at it, and that's exactly what I coach right, not to do. Right? right. What What are you doing and what's its purpose? What function does it serve? But, right. Were you thinking um, you were just going too heavy or just too yeah. many reps or all the above? Uh, all or? of the above. Yeah. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know how to do it properly. He was using poor equipment. I was just in a random gym with a buddy, and he said, I'm going to do some cleans. you want to? Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Just What's a clean? I um, want to do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I had done it in high school and had yeah. some experience with it, but um, not prop. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, uh, no coaching was involved. No basically. coaching. Yeah, yeah, just hurt my back, and uh, yeah, it was it was uh, you know probably until now. Um, this past six months to a year has probably been the most pain free I've ever been from that specific injury, just because it's kind of just one of those nagging mm-hmm. um, things that I've been chasing, you know, through my now um, adult life. Uh, yeah, but finally, just it's uh, been kind of fun to follow that road and follow that path and you know I, of course I always got caught up just like the mechanics trucks always the roughest truck in the parking lot right I, I, I tend to um, not focus on myself and, and put more focus on clients and other people and, and all the things they have going on rather than yeah. sitting down and taking care of my stuff right sure um, but uh, no so it's, it's uh, that's, that's where it all got started for me and um, really fell in love with, with exercise science I mean just the human body just fascinated me you know it all started just one intro to class and uh, I think I was hooked. Um, Dove headfirst into it. Didn't even know what beer was in college. Man, I was all about the books. I was a study animal. I just, it, it was funny. I just kind of totally, um, you know, just totally delved into this this new new science of of who we are, like how yeah. to move, how to how to do all these things, you know, in a in a different way that I'd never really thought of before. So it was it was a really um, College is great. Got out of that. Graduated. Didn't know what I was doing. Found a job in Charleston um, as a personal trainer, and uh, you know been been doing that since. Um, but in college, I uh, did a few internships. 
Uh, I was lucky enough to, uh, first, my sophomore year, just as soon as I got in exercise science, I got a job in an internship program with Hendrick Motorsports in Charlotte, uh, which, if you're not familiar, is a NASCAR um, race team. Uh, and I know the first question, like, NASCAR drivers, they don't work out. Like, they're, you know, just sitting in a car, turning left, drinking beer yeah. on the other side, you know. So, uh, but no, it was... I know uh, different, but yeah, yeah, a lot of people, like, right. it's like running a marathon. I've heard that, like, being in those races, literally your heart rate is so high, it's literally like running a marathon. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and those guys, you know, work really hard, sweat a ton. I mean, the car's, like, you know, hundreds of degrees in there. Just gonna, mm-hmm. But uh, but actually, um, we, you know, the... the the drivers did their own form of training, but the the pit crews was actually where all the all the time the strength and conditioning was going towards because originally they were mechanics that they just you know made you know pit the car because they knew how to change a tire, they knew how to jack it, they knew how to put fuel in it. Yeah, but those guys were slow. They were older, you know, beat up, you know, been wrenching. Their they got to be fast, right? Yeah, so you cannot so, be injured either, right? I'm yeah. sure. Is there a high incidence of injuries in this? Totally. I mean, yeah. you got cars coming in. You know, when you have an eight-second pit stop and, you know, guys get hit, unfortunately, you know, you get feet, arms, whatever, run over. I mean... That sounds awful. And, of course, I mean, the, <laughs> I mean, the gas can is, you know, 90 pounds and they're holding on one shoulder, throwing mm-hmm. it in the car. I mean, those tires weigh 40 pounds and they're throwing them around like they're they're nothing. And, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of impact. And Andy Papa, he was the guy uh, at uh, Hendrick that really started kind of um, changing the way that they recruited and started recruiting old athletes, you know, collegiate football players, baseball players, wrestlers, a few uh, NFL pro guys. So. so instead of making a mechanic more fit, they would make a fit guy more of a mechanic? That's right. Really? That's right. They figured it was easier to take the athleticism and, and train them a skill rather than taking the skill and teaching them how to be athletic. That's so, super interesting. Yeah. And it, I mean, it totally changed NASCAR to where now like pit, pit stops are half as fast as, or twice as fast as they used to. The times keep getting shorter and, you know, in those races, you know, tenths of a second count count mm-hmm. for everything um so that was my that was my first dive into strength and conditioning specifically what um, do they do for those guys like well what's the kind of training so it's it's a super long season so it's basically from um february all the way like through november um mm-hmm. so it's every weekend almost there's two weekends a year i think they don't um go out but every weekend they're out on their game day right sundays is every sunday was there their game day. So it's training appropriately to that. You know, usually Mondays they'd have off, maybe they'd have like a yoga instructor come in and do a yoga session. Uh, then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday um, were their mandatory lifts. And then of course, all the meatheads, the gym guys, most of them were, were lifting on Mondays and Fridays just on their own anyway. Uh, but it was, it was, uh, it was a longevity program. It's kind of like how, how they would put it, right? Um, you know, maintenance program. It was all about doing just keeping the guys healthy. You know, we wanted to keep them strong. They were already, they all had, you know, good athletics to begin with. Uh, it was just not hurting, making sure they could show up on Sunday kind of thing. But, you know, basic strength conditioning. Uh, we had a lot of squat racks and platforms, some hammer hammer equipment, cardio equipment, all that sort of stuff. I mean, gorgeous gyms, the yeah. air, all kind of stuff. But What would like a um, typical like workout? You know, it would be, it would right? be like, like give uh, us some examples. Um, you know, it, it, how, how they did it. Uh, Juice was was the head coach there. He, he juice juice, yeah. Well, he's he like, said it was from Florida, you know, so it was oranges. But he was he was pretty big back in his day. <laughs> that was the, the joke yeah, we always yeah. told. But, We're not judging. But, yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, no, so he uh, he was a old football coach, so kind of had a you know basic you know strength and conditioning program like a, a upper push, lower pull, or you know squats and back. You know what just. Ba- that kind of basic mm-hmm. periodizing programming, um, but the but the biggest thing that I took away from that was, was the intensity and like s- how skillfully he actually t- you know turned that dial to to get the most out of the workouts, but not hurting the guys right. So that was kind of a you know an interesting um, you know spin that I'd never really seen before. It was more based on you know what they're doing and how they're doing it rather than just putting as much weight as you can on the bar and squatting, right? Because before that, that was really the first, you know, in high school. Yeah, just trying to get as strong as possible. Yeah. So you would kind of know when to turn it up and turn it down based off of what? Based Based off off the individual. Based off the individual, based off of... um, Make that call every workout? Or uh, generally, generally speaking, yeah. Um, You know, they had, I mean, the whole whole thing programmed out. And, you know, at that point, I was kind of just the... You know, I'd stretch the guys out. I'd, yeah, you, you know, kind of just help out, loading yeah. weights, unloading weights, and 
you know, I was a small fish in a big pond at that point. God, so can you come was... help load and unload my way? It's the worst part of doing deadlifts. <laughs> yep, yep. But, uh... As you get stronger, there's more weight. Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, do yeah, more annoying yeah, things. You think it'd get easier, but it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, that, so that was an awesome experience, and, and I, I, you know, I got, a, I got a lot out of that from the strength and conditioning standpoint, but they had a phenomenal staff there with athletic trainers, with physical therapists, um, chiropractors, uh, you name it. They had one or two guys there. Just for the pit crew. Just for the pit crews. Because there are four teams. So there are four pit crews. There are about uh, eight to 12 guys, like including some backups on each team. So it was a pretty big group of guys. Um, you know, they'd have two cars coming at the same time, and then they'd switch, you know. So we'd have probably 20, 20 guys in the weight room at yeah. the same time for a group just – I love that concept because probably people look at pit crews and be like, oh, that's hard. But like, you know, they probably just practice yeah. mechanics things. Yeah. They don't do strength and conditioning. Like, no, they're seeing all these different allied health professionals. Whether totally. it's like yeah. yoga instructor you mentioned, like massage therapy, chiropractic care, physical therapy. They're doing strength conditioning just so they can maintain, mm-hmm. like you said, a longevity program. Yeah. Which a lot of people probably are like, eh, do I need to be in a longevity program? Like, yeah, everybody needs to be in a longevity program. Like, you should... Be working out so you can hopefully continue to work out into your 80s and 90s. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And it's funny you made that point. That's something that's really been clicking with me recently. Um, that it's, you know, especially with the allied health approach, it's, it's never just, you know, as you, I'm sure you do, I have some clients that like live and die by a specific chiropractor or a specific physical therapist, specific personal trainer, whatever the case is. And, and I always try to almost open up their horizons like there's it's cumulative approach is, is the way i've really looked at it you know i think um you know how we work together how we met right mm-hmm. uh i was working with a client that you were working with and then ended up having a lot of coinciding you know ideas and beliefs and it ended up working out great for him he got a lot of a lot of benefits a lot of um relief with what she was he was specifically working on and yeah um, i mean if, if you got somebody who comes in i wish there was a better analogy maybe it's ooh, i got a good one like you have a chef in a kitchen, right? And he has a team of people helping him. Mm-hmm. If the chef is doing one thing and the prep cook is doing something totally different and they don't know that they're working on the same exact meal, meal, yeah. then that meal's probably gonna be terrible. But yeah, if you're because, like, hey, yeah. here's what we're doing in and like you're gonna help and you're gonna help, we're all gonna go towards the same goal. Like why isn't healthcare and fitness the exact same thing. Exactly right. You know, probably rather, gonna get yeah. a better meal. It's probably gonna taste better. Yeah. You're probably gonna be more fit. You're probably gonna live longer. You're probably gonna be healthier. You're probably gonna be stronger. Yeah. You know, totally. whatever your mm-hmm. you know, goal may be, all of the above, probably exactly get stronger right. and you know look better naked. But that's fine. <laughs> you know, we can just say, okay, we can do these things, but also we're gonna work and make sure that you, yeah. you know, can be uh, fit in the long term too. Yeah. So. And 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 back to back to Hendrick to to close that chapter. It was. Um, I, as much as I was in the in the PT room listening to those guys work with the athletes, I was in there for myself. It's like, hey, do you know my back's been kind yeah. of hurting too? What about this? You know, so I learned about you know, like nerve flossing and and all these types of uh, you know specific like prehabilitation programs. You know, it was the first time I ever heard of a dead bug. How's a dead bug? Yeah, like, what is yeah. It? Google um, it, YouTube yeah, it, do right, it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that was an awesome experience. I was able to do an internship with them and actually get some hands on coaching experience. And see the um, integrative approach. I bet like getting and, and that early was like, yeah, huh. yeah. Um, you know, after that, I and, and again, like you touching on that really kind of uh, has been kind of set off a, a light in my brain that it was something I really didn't appreciate at the time until much more recently, where I've been working with other healthcare mm-hmm. professionals that you know have have kind of been enlightening me to that that point. But um, you know. After I did an internship with Hendrick, I actually did an internship at UNC Charlotte with the men's uh, strength conditioning soccer program. So uh, Sean Muldoon, Muldoon was my, my uh, I guess, advisor you would, you would consider it. Um, he was the lead sports performance coach for UNC Charlotte soccer team, uh, which my freshman year, they actually went to a national title. So cool. uh, they lost to Chapel Hill, but... Yeah. Uh, still a great time, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that that was a phenomenal exp- uh, experience. Sean was a trainer beforehand, um, then got his CSCS and got a uh, strength and conditioning. Um, now he's actually working for the Seattle Sounders, so he's he's Good doing great. Yeah, that's top top yeah. tier as far as soccer here yeah. in the states. So, yeah. So I was super fortunate with with uh, under his care. Um, really kind of changed the way from like the, uh, you know, 
popular gym training, like just doing all the, I guess, stuff you see on Instagram or whatever, you know, it, I, I kind of changed my, uh, I guess, philosophy from that to really understanding, you know, what is the core? Like, what is your foundation? What are, what are you doing? You know, he, mm-hmm. he did a lot of, um, I guess, you know, pre prehab work that, that focused on so much more than just a squat, a deadlift, you know, he was working like, I remember doing like specific groin exercises with these soccer players. I'm like, how's a VMO? What's, what's an adductor, you know, yeah. like I was, I was going through the, you know, school and all that. So I was learning about it, but, um, actually putting like specific, you know, exercises together to, to take that, that approach was, was kind of eye opening for me. And, uh, really that kind of jumped, uh, jump started a lot of, of where I, I then went into a lot more of like a therapeutic, like physical therapy almost route where I started learning a lot more about that. Um, I started really kind of liking that approach more of a, um, you know, systemic, uh, biomechanics route, uh, really just liking to get down into the, you know, specific joint or specific tissues, mm-hmm. uh, specific chain systems, whatever. Um, and isolating that, trying to work them as, as a unit rather than as, all right, we're going to hit some leg extensions, hit the quads, then we're going to hit some hammies, yeah. you know, hit some leg curls, you know, kind of started realizing that there's a little more to it than that. There's a lot that goes into that, um, that programming. Um, yeah. Just, benefits uh, of to, both. Right. To, no, exactly. You know, like, right. okay. There's good, nothing wrong. I mean, there's I, a good strength conditioning program. If you just do that and just do squats, just do these huge compound lifts and like maybe some bodybuilding work, like, okay, there's. Uh, uh, there's a, there's a time and place for all of it. There's You're more exactly you can right. do, right? Yeah, can, but there's also more you can do, right? And let's say that doesn't work for you. What are you going to do to adapt and go around that to then get to the same result you want? Um, Why do you think that is? Like, oh, wait, now we're going to do a rabbit hole just because. Um, so, like, you're doing these huge compound lifts, right? And, like, <clears throat> arguably doing a heavy deadlift, I don't know if you'd agree with this or not, is, like, probably more core work, quotation marks, than doing a dead bug, right? 100%. You know, but... There's a bigger demand on the core than in a dead bug. Yeah, but doing a dead bug can be helpful for your deadlift, right? And doing the accessory work is really, really helpful. I have my ideas as to why that actually helps a strength conditioning program. Like accessory work, we're just going to ball that thing up, you know. Mm -hmm work that's isolating specific things, you know, and we're just going to go ahead and assume that those specific things as most intelligent strength conditioning programs and rehab programs should be like this. So it'd be specific to the athlete and specific to the sport or specific to that person's goals. Mm-hmm. Right. So why do you think that's so important and so helpful in the overall strength conditioning program? You know, I, I think, uh, I think a big part of it comes down to just, uh, the, the mind muscle connection, right. Building those neuromuscular networks of, of mapping, um, what's firing and, and how to control it. Uh, you know, in a dead bug, like I remember when I first did dead bugs, even doing like a pal off press. The first time I did a pal off press, I was like, man, this is a good shoulder workout. Yep. I didn't even know like what, you know, turn yeah. on Another my thing you should, set should my... Google watch and do it. The pal off press is spelled P A L L O. Is there two L's and two F's? I always, I think there's two L's and two F's. Yep. I think so. Yep. Definitely That's how I sh- spell it. Yeah. Check them one. It should be a core workout. Yes. Great not core exercise. Yep. Not for the rotator cuff. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, um, you know, just doing, doing those sorts of things. But uh, that, that was kind of one of those, um, you know, doing a glute bridge, actually trying to get your glutes to fire and, and disassociating, you know, I, it took me a long time to realize that sometimes people thought their low back were their glutes or their glutes were their low back. Like my low back's tight, but really they just have a glute med that's aggravating them. Right. Um, but, you know, kind of off the top of there. But I think to your point, you know, those, those auxiliary lifts, those um, all, all add parts to the system, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's a cumulative approach with you know, medicine, but also with how you attack it, right? I'm never just doing bodybuilding programs, never doing just strength conditioning. I'm, I'm combining them all to where I have a specific goal for the workout or the program, whatever yep. it is. And then I have all these other things in my head that, okay, let's say you've got bad knees or bad feet. Right, I'm gonna have a bunch of little accessory lifts to warm up your feet, get your VMOs activated, make sure that we've got good knee tracking, make sure our hips are balanced, make sure we don't have any, you know, impingements or, or whatever, yeah. whatever the case is going on. Right, and kind of like yeah, things that just don't feel right sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I think you're totally right. I think the the idea that 
you're doing a big compound lift. Let's just pick. Let's just pick a squat, right? There's, I mean, there's a lot so of much going on exactly. in one squat. Exactly. If you think about all the things, and I notice that sometimes I overload my clients. All right, you know, tighten that stomach. Once we get those shoulder blades, pull back and down. Get your glutes firing. Make sure your knees are tracking yeah. outside. Put your weight in your toes, but not lifting. Everybody who just who's listening to that already doesn't remember. What's the first exactly. thing you said that you can't remember? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so much going on that it's really tough to isolate one specific part of a movement in a large movement, right? Yep. So let's say you do have a, a deficit in your core strength or you have a glute meat problem, whatever. You're not, it's gonna be really tough to activate that specific little stabilizer muscle to make- Tough, it's impossible. Uh, yes, Unless you're a very yeah. highly trained individual, exactly. which I don't even know if they can. And if you're that highly trained, you don't have those issues. Yeah. You're not like just fire your glute meat. Nope, yeah. no sorry. Way. No way, especially if you're in a standing position, it's not gonna work, right? Yep. So that's where, that's where those, those things come in so handy because it's, um, you know, for one, learning how to access and, and control them, but then two, uh, that's how you um, find those flaws and, and fix them and correct them. And yeah. then once you get that glue meat or BMO, whatever the case is, is, you know, yeah, I like in a better you- state, whether it's, whether it was lock long, lock short, whether it was uh, not being activated at all, whatever the yeah. case was, once you mobilize it, once you activate it, once you get it to where it's functioning properly, check that box off the list and then you find, you know, then you're chasing down another rabbit hole. All right, now my knee hurts, but my hip feels great. All right, on to the next thing, right? But it's just just a a really easy way to isolate and, 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 you know, plug that Lego in the the right spots where you can then just keep going on. It says, myself, like I'm trying to squat, I'm trying to deadlift, I'm trying to think about my core, I'm trying to think about everything. It's just so overwhelming, right? Then I can get in a dead bug, Boom, lock in my you know, rib cage, get everything set up, get the obliques firing. Boom, that's exactly what I want to feel. I know how it's supposed to feel. And then I'm immediately popping up for my next set, get into a deadlift, then lock that in. I have that same control, same activation. Just just clicks, right? It's, it's you have to, you know, start with the train wheels, uh, you know, then once you pull them yeah. off, you can go, go ride the bike, right? Yeah, I like what you said about mind mapping, right? And so like you always try to figure a way to, to it's way more complicated than we can even begin to understand as far as biomechanics and neurology, whatever. So like just mind mapping is an easy way to put it kind of like, right? So um, I like to make this analogy with a lot of people like, you know, even though I'm not looking at my hand or looking at my elbow, right? I can't see my right elbow right now. I know it's straight or I know it's bent or I know it's straight. I move it and I know that 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 kind of like kinesthetic sense or proprioception. And I think that's what kind of matters with the accessory work, which you're kind of alluding to is just like your body can move thousands of ways and understanding like what ways feel good and what ways feel bad so like again you can go down this rabbit hole of biomechanics and activation and like all that stuff is is fine you know like some of it may be true some of it may be misnomer some of it we just don't understand fully i like to think of it as more like just like the skill of doing something. I mean, I can improve yeah. my skill, right? So yeah. like a dead bug, like, okay, I have to really hold a really good position. You know, I'm going to use quotations, a neutral spine or whatever, a spinal position that feels good to, to you. And then you find that position and then you go use it in the deadlift, right? Because it takes a lot less skill to do it in a dead bug than it does with, you know, whatever, 90% of your one rep max on there. And then you can go like, oh, that's how it's supposed to feel. Cool, I'm going to go do it like this. So it's like people don't think that weightlifting and moving your body is a, it's a skill. Like it's just totally. like any other skill. I'm not gonna wake up one day and be like, I knew how to deadlift. Yeah, yeah. So anything, I think that's what it is. It's skill acquisition and all that accessory work helps people develop the skill of moving, right? And we have thousands of reasons and multiple people who say diff, all these crazy kinds of reasons. I think at, at its base, I'm not gonna use the word core again, at its base, it's just skill acquisitions, and yes, it's biomechanics, yes, it's alignment, yes, it's activation, but. Oh, the umbrella term, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I like the way you put it of, uh, it's it's a much easier way to do it, and then you can implement it, right? Um, and that's, the, the, the tough part is, especially in today's world, everything's instant, we have everything at our fingertips, so it's it's really tough to realize, you know, how, how long's your back hurt, right? Oh, six years? Yeah. Okay, well, this one exercise isn't going to make this go away in five seconds, right? Especially with nerves and pain complexes, it's it's so complex and it's so 
Yeah, your, your uh, mind has mapped that oh pain signal. It's, it's going to be hard yeah. to unmap that pain exactly. signal, to use right. that analogy Just, all over again. Uh-huh. Yep. So it's, it's, uh, it can be really tedious. It can be really tricky. But the biggest thing is just consistency, persistence. Because um, yep. the body remembers. The body remembers. And we're, we're creatures of habit. So yep. it's, it's really easy to want something and expect to have it right away. Uh, but I guess the one thing to touch on that the most that I always stress is just consistency. It's the 10-minute the warm-up that I do to make sure that my back's not going to hurt after my warm up, you know, and then doing bird dogs with some 10 second holds just to make sure after I'm done squatting or deadlifting, like I'm going to be able to go stand up off the floor like 10 yep. minutes later. Right. Yep. Like all those little things that the nitpicky stuff, you know, you see all on Instagram, all these guys that power clean tons of weight, bodybuilders, whatever, squat a thousand pounds, what, you know, whoever they are, to, you know, you see all that, you see the glamour, you see the glitz, but then you don't see what they do behind the scenes. I mean, they're doing just hours and hours and hours of what you would probably consider like just mind melting, just slow, boring, boring yeah. not fun. I'm sitting here with bands around my knees. And it and took ankles. them 10 years to I'm laying on the that. floor. I'm not even picking up weights. I'm just activating. I'm just yeah. moving. I'm just learning, right? That, that kinesthetic awareness. Uh, and you know, and sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's like I would much rather just be able to put as much weight on the bar and push it and just hope for the best. But yeah, I, I've done that before and it doesn't work out well. Yeah, I, I love that you said that. I mean, the, the big thing is we get a lot of people, obviously, in the healthcare world, right? I want to get out of pain, I want to feel better. In the fitness world, I want to be fit, I want to be strong right now, right? And um, we'll just use the healthcare analogy. We've got these people and they think, oh, I'm just, I need all these things to get better, right? I need to, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to needle me. I need you to like, um, massage this. I need to mobilize this, whatever. And I was just like, what you need to do at its base again, at its core, I'm just going to start using it cause it feels right. <laughs> at its core, you need to find like a good routine that will make you like feel good and feel you make you feel mobile and it could be a million different things but find a good routine and do it consistently because again we're going to use this mind map thing because i'm totally set on this like if your body can move consistently in different ways and it feels good guess what's going to happen it's going to continue to move in different ways mm-hmm. and feel good and just mm-hmm. period just consistently do that it, it's not going to be this magic pill that's going to make you better and i mean pill in the literal sense and i mean pill in like yeah. you know whatever magical exercises out there it's yeah. the consistency of doing work and remapping things and people who are can that's, do that's perfect. deep yeah. dive on neurology are probably going to butcher me for this but like you know uh, sometimes you gotta you know make things a little bit more edible sized and i think that's a good way to just kind of yeah. make it just gotta create a new routine i was like oh do you need a daily mobility routine we're going to talk about this on our instagram this week and you just helped me find a good way to explain it it's not awesome. about like are you going to get more flexy are you going to get more like are you going to mobilize your joints are you going to get more flexible no you're just going to feel a certain way after this and if you do this consistently you'll consi- you'll continuously feel this way the consistency and the persistence matters way more than the actual medicine itself which is the movement is the totally. medicine right right because and again it, it, it changes your mindset it changes the way your brain thinks about it and your brain is a powerful your brain powerful tool that we don't use enough right yeah. Uh, we're distracted a lot. We're not paying attention a lot. And, and sometimes we just lose that. You know, I have so many clients, you were talking about dry needling. You know, I have so many clients with trap tightness, you know, scap problems. You know, they're dry needling, cupping, doing this all the time. And that's great. It's good to, you know, rehab that. But, but if you're not fixing, you know, the problem, it's going to get you back to right where you were. Yeah. So if you have poor posture and your traps are always bound up and tight, unless you fix your posture, your traps right. are going to stay tight. You're going to keep needing to dry, you know. Are you going to put a fence at the top of the hill or are you going to put an ambulance at the bottom? You know, how do you, how do you want to go to approach? But, yeah. But, and you know, that's the thing too. If, if you have a certain movement or whatever, I'm telling, I tell all the clients, like while you're sitting in the car, while you're laying in your bed, while you're sitting at home with your kids, while you're doing this, doing that, like think about what you're doing. Think about, oh, my left knee just hurts more so than my right knee. Well, watch how you get out of your car. Watch how you oh, step yeah, upstairs, so yeah. right? Look at where you're putting your weight. Look at where you're shifting your body. Look at where your torso's at. Are you bending over? Are you standing up straight? I mean, there's so many things that go into it. And it's like, you go spend an hour in the gym, but then the other 23 hours a day, you're going back to those faulty movement patterns. You know, and that's one thing I try to kind of instill in my client's head. Like, you have to move like this all the time. It needs to be a constant. Yeah. At least that's how, how, how I like to think about it. You know, you can kind of drive yourself crazy if you yeah, you can't focus really... on it too much, right? But the same thing that you were saying with the routine in the, in the gym. Like, pick, you know, 
I usually have like four or five like movement exercises that I always do no matter what, and then I'll plug in two or three for a specific day I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm doing a back day. I'm gonna do some shoulder work just to make sure everything's activated or leg days. I'm gonna do some hip work, some glute work, all that sort of stuff specific yeah. to that. But I think you're you're exactly right. Like picking that. Um, you know, find someone you trust, whether it's online, you go to a gym, you're a trainer, physical therapist, whatever, and, and building that, finding your deficits and, and, and plugging in a, a program to, again, just learn awareness of it, learn how it should be, right? Mm-hmm. That's my goal as a trainer, to, to teach you how to do this so that whenever it happens again, or if it does happen again, ideally it shouldn't if you fix it, right? But right. if it does happen again, you know exactly what to do to prevent or to rehab yep. that, fix it, and prevent it from happening again. Well said. That's exactly what we try to do. And this is how, P.S., medicine should be. Is like, okay, <laughs> I, I give you a prescription of medicine, and that could be you know uh, a pill. It could be you know movement-based daily routine. But at some point... And that's why I like the idea of like, and, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, we do some soft tissue work, we do some dry needling and it's helpful, of course. but it's with the idea of like, you're going to decrease the reliance on that and you're going to increase the reliance of what you can do and what you can control, yeah. right? So I want to wean you off the medicine, you know, and so the point where you're not, you don't need the medicine anymore, or you know what to do on your own, just like you said, like, mm-hmm. okay, my shoulder hurts, it feels a little tweaky. I have, you know, choice A. I can go and go see my chiropractor or physical therapist and get an adjustment or get dry needling, you know, and that could make me feel better. Or I have these three exercises that my physical therapist gave me and I feel just as good, if not better. Real, like, how about we do that one? Like, hmm. you know, and this is, yeah, yeah. you know, like try that first. That's why I tell people like, oh, this hurts. I was like, well, here, here are these exercises. Or you remember the routine I gave you? Cool. Go try that for two or three weeks. And if it's still bothering you or it gets worse. And this is the absence of red flags, people, you know. Um, but if you're just general pain, right? And just go in there, try those exercises. And you'd be surprised how many people are like, oh my God, that was amazing. Thank you. I just went back to the exercises and now I feel fine. Like, yeah, the body does a really good job of healing itself. The brain's really powerful. Like, you know, it can, it can create like, they do these studies. Um, I forgot what study it is. Maybe I can at some point link to it, but like people, and this is like a legit controlled, like, you know, blind study, scientific like study. scientific study. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, you know, there are people, and let's just call it 50 people, 25 of them had like poison ivy rubbed on them, and 25 of them had like what looked exactly like poison ivy and rubbed on their legs. And guess what? All 50 had... All 50 had these symptoms of poison ivy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it was all, but it was very, very close to all of them. So like your brain can literally reproduce things and even though something is not there, right? And we won't go down the whole thing of pain science or whatever. But most of the time, I'm going to give you the bridge overview, you'll have pain significantly, and I mean literally significantly, before an actual something was actually injured, mm-hmm. right? Before you actually damage was done to your shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. So when you get like shoulder impingement, so to speak, you know, it may be there, but you haven't damaged your shoulder yet. It's more of like a warning signal. Those yellow flags go off way before. Yellow, yeah, I like yeah. you using the color flags. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. yellow happens way before red, uh, you know? So, you know, and, that, and that's where a lot of times you start to get curious, like, hmm, what's going on here? That's where it's, te- you know, kind of temperamental, it's a little tricky, you know, that's of course where you always want to try to catch it ahead of time. But, you know, to that point, I f- you know, it is what you make of it, right? You if if you sit there and dwell on the pain, dwell on the, you know, whatever. You know, this can go into emotional more so than just physical, right? It's your complete outlook. It's your mindset. It's how how you frame yourself. If you wake up just finding things to get pissed off about or upset with, like. Do you really want to go to this? You, dude. Like, this is a crazy rabbit hole. If you want to go down it, we can go down it. <laughs> no, we're not getting that deep. We'll, yeah. we'll, I'll save that for yeah. therapy next week. But. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's crazy what our mind is capable of. Um, good things and bad, right? Yeah. With uh, uh, a lot of times you just, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I've used this analogy a lot and I think you'll like this. So we'll call it your body has a certain uh, level and once it exceeds that level, pain goes off, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and so like simple way would be like temperature, right? So there's a certain temperature I can touch my skin, doesn't hurt, and a certain temperature it's going to cause certain damage, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing whether to stress level, right? And that stress level can be physical stress, right? So like I work out a lot, you know, I, uh, I ran really, really long time, I lifted a bunch of weight, that's a certain amount of stress. Yeah. Right, and we'll just picture a cup, okay? And so physiological, physical stress is one of those, right? But the thing we found out is that this cup 
can be already full sometimes with other kinds of stress. So one, you kind of alluded to emotional stress, right? Mm -hmm. So like, crap, my cup is already full because I'm already very, very stressed, right? Yeah. Or nutrition, right? Like I have my nutrition isn't down. Right? right? So yeah. that's stress to my that body, stress, right? Yeah. Or sleep, that's stress. We all know that we wake up in the morning and we like stub our toe. It hurts way more, you know, when you haven't slept well than when you, you know what I mean? Than exactly. when you're well yeah. rested. Like, so like <laughs> there's all these things that are, uh, that will fill that cup already. And then physiological stress will kind of, build, you know, right. come over that. So right. this is the reason we like to use that analogy. This is one of the reasons why it's so important for you to have nutrition dialed in, to have your personal, you know, emotional issues totally right. and how you feel about yourself and all those things, which is really, really important. If you feel, you wake up and you feel in the morning like, oh man, this is a great day. I'm going to crush it. Or wake in the morning, like we all have these days where like, I don't want to do anything. I want to get out of bed. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, and, there, and there's something you can always find that attributes to that, whether it's coming from one piece of the pie or the other. But you know, you're exactly right where, um, you know, I, I, that's something I try to instill in my clients in this. That's taken me a long time to figure out. And by no means have I mastered it, but it's something I'm starting to be more aware of and trying to dial in. But um, it, it's a cumulative approach. Just like we were talking about, it's all it's it's all about relativity, right? And using um, just trying to find balance, trying to find balance in it. Um, just just like with training, whenever I'm training, it's I don't necessarily like to term it functional training, but you know, functional training would be getting your fingers really good at typing on a keyboard, right? Right. But, functional training could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's right? another umbrella term. A, umbrella term, right? It's a, yeah. it's a good general term, but. You know, people are like, oh, I do functional training. Like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. Just because you're walking It could around. mean anything. It could right? mean anything, right? You know, I, I try to use that cumulative approach where not, I mean, I'm sure as you, you kind of think, I feel like as much as I'm a trainer, I'm a therapist too. Like, sure. I just have people talk to me just because I'm in a room with them for an hour and we're going to be comfortable with each other because yeah. otherwise it's not going to be a good relationship. You know, and, people yeah. want to trust me just because I want to trust them because yep. I want it matters to buy levels. into me. I want yep. them to buy into me because they don't believe me. They're not going to mm -hmm. do the things I tell them to do that's going to get them to where they want to. Um, but then too, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like forge some, you know, mental strength here. Like mm -hmm. I'm trying to find where you're weak. I'm trying to find where you want to give up. I'm trying to find where you want to quit. And then I'm going to teach you how to go past that and beat it. It's a great idea. I love that. You know, I, then that, that's something that I feel like people never really truly find like what they can do or what they're capable of because they're afraid to. I mean, shit, I'm, I'm the first one to tell you I'm afraid to find out what I can do. Like, I'm yeah. terrified of that, that kind of stuff of seeing how much weight I can lift or how much I can deadlift, right? But then it goes so much farther beyond that. Whenever you do that in the weight room, then I can realize like something, you know, I was scared of coming here and talking to you today. Like yeah. whatever's talking in front of people, but right. it's like, that's kind of scares me, but you know, like, like I've done these kind of things before. I can do it. Why not? Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's just amazing to see where that carryover will, will take you. Um, that's uh, dude, it's all about, I'm going to use it again. The mind mapping <laughs> the thing, right? Map. You just get used to doing something that's uncomfortable and going past it. Right. Yep. So it doesn't always, I think it always carries over, but to what degree maybe is different, but like in a workout, if I do something that's uncomfortable and I get past it and I do that over and over again, yes, it's going to be easier for me of course. to go on a podcast I've never been in one or do public speaking or, you know, to have that uncomfortable conversation, you know, with a work colleague, whatever, a thousand different things. It's going to be way, way easier to, to get past that point if I've... So yeah, take been. that pill and swallow yeah. it. Yeah. 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 That's, I've been doing that to a, a little bit of an extreme degree, but we do this... Um, you've heard of Murph, the workout? Yeah. So I've been doing Murph every weekend... Every weekend for the past, I haven't counted, but like at least 12 or 15 weekends in. Yeah, so every weekend I'll just do Murph and it's extremely uncomfortable workout, right? Extremely yeah. uncomfortable workout. Yeah. For, you know, I think I've said this before, but just in case. Yeah. yeah, it's a one mile run. I'm not using a weighted vest, but it's a one mile run, 100 push ups, no, sorry, 100 pull ups, 200 push ups, 300 air squats, and one mile run. And we break that up in different ways, but I'm doing all that work to some degree. It's like a you know, 45 minute yeah. to an hour workout. And like the cool thing is though, like after that, like there's like I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. There's not yeah. many things I won't do after yeah. that because I've been uncomfortable for a very long time. Totally. You know, but I love that. Like it's almost like a good reminder. We're we're in a uh, is another rabbit hole we can go down, but we live very comfortable lives. Like we're oh, really for wanting for a lot. We, we live in the best time ever. Hundred percent. We have zero to complain. About. Right. So zero. I want to kind of like remember what it's like to kind of like be uncomfortable. To suffer a little. Yeah. No, like I've I, got you've got to suffer a little bit. Sometimes I joke about it, you know like that that inner masochism in me comes out you know but like I like to have it. It's humbling you know there like for example I was doing just a random I was doing a warm up on the air bike on the assault bike for five minutes 
I saw at the end of it, you know, I was pushing pretty good. I did like 80 some calories. So I was like, wow, that's pretty surprising. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote it on the board just to keep track of it. I was like, maybe I'll try it again later to see if I can beat it. Yeah. The next day, my boss comes in. He's like, so uh, I saw your little score on the board. Well, uh, <laughs> just want to let you know I beat it. Yeah, there you like, go. I beat it. It wasn't even a competition. So then, yeah. of course, he talks up big hype so that I got to go back out there. It. Shout out to you, Owen, for yeah. pushing me to do this. But, uh, then, uh, you know, later that week, I was like, all right, we well, challenged me, so I'm going to do it again. Yeah. And I, I might have almost passed out. <laughs> it wasn't pretty, but right. I beat him, you know? And it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm just sitting on that air bike for five minutes straight, pushing it as hard as I can. Yep. And two and a half minutes goes by, and my legs are about to explode. My heart is on fire. <laughs> I can't breathe. Start but you didn't stars, die. But I didn't die. Yeah. I kept doing it, yep. you know, and uh, got to where I wanted to, and that was it, you know, and yep. then I learned that. And then, dude, literally like 15 minutes later, everything's normal again. Yeah. 15 minutes later. I spent if five not, minutes. 15 minutes later. I already say normal. Everything's gone. Everything's yeah. gone. You are better. Oh, You're better did. because of I'm that, better. right? Yeah. yeah. You that feel all, better. That's all it took. I just didn't stop. I yeah. just didn't say no. You feel I better and you actually probably yeah. significantly healthier because you I did that bout of exercise. Yeah, I think so, that's... And then, yeah. and then I, can, I can feel that. You know, I know what that feels like and then I know that, okay, I did it and I got through it so I know nothing bad is going to happen. So then I'm doing a big set on deadlifts. I'm doing a big set on squats yeah. or, you know... Whatever the case is, it applies to so many carryover in life. Carryover, yeah, right. Yeah, and I think that's really um, before we go through Spitfire because I want to don't want to take advantage of too much of your time, but um, it's really important to know that you've got to reach that point of uncomfortable in a workout, and and sometimes that intensity is really high, like what you said. Sometimes it may be a little bit lower, yeah. so maybe moderate, but like. I think that's something that a lot of people have a challenge doing is pushing them to the point of like complete exhaustion. Yeah. And this is in the absence, you know, always with my disclaimers, but in the well, absence of any other cardiovascular disease yeah. or whatever, but you yeah. know, mirth people, you can push yourself to that limit and you should probably do that. I try to Regularly. do once a week. Yeah. I try yeah. to get to the point, whether it's like sprints or it's a salt mm-hmm. bike, mm-hmm. whatever, to the point of like complete exhaustion where I, it totally. takes about five minutes where I'm on the ground kind of looking like, you know, someone punched me someone in the stomach. Me yeah. yeah. You know, oh, and, yeah, and I think it's just really, really good for your body totally. and mentally um, just to get yourself to that point. Like, I yeah. Exactly right. And, um, you know, and then that shows a lot of weaknesses too. Like, I've had the, I've kind of been doing a similar thing or like several times a week. I'll go out and do sprints and just do really high intensity cardio with strength, whatever. Um, and I noticed like my diet was garbage whenever I first started doing it because I was dying left to right. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was all I could do to keep it off. But then I was like, man, I'm going to start eating a little bit better, clean it up a little bit. And then diet's gotten better. I've been able to push it more and more and more. Diet's gotten even better. I've been able to push more and more, you know. And then I've gotten more into, you know. So, yeah, it's it, it shows weaknesses. It opens up flaws and it helps you, you know, build a better body. You know, that's what it's, that's what it's all about. But yeah. sorry to go off your point. but no, yeah. no, no, good. I mean, I think it's like in summation, it's like, man, you've got to really just <laughs> learn how to suffer. Right. Kind of suffer. Enjoy. That's why I tell them, like, enjoy the. Yeah, enjoy you will the pain. enjoy it eventually. Enjoy the pain. Yeah, you'll enjoy yeah. it, let it, let it. Let it. Let it consume you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Develop it, but. Yeah. Uh, be comfortable with being comfortable and I like the idea of uh, what you said which is like attack your weaknesses right totally. so like if I don't like it's to suffer thing. like I probably should do it or if like I don't like cardio I probably should do should more do cardio I'm yeah. not saying probably because you're bad at it yeah Me, for example like I never liked any press work yeah. you know I never because I was weak I, was, I just couldn't do it I had yeah. like scap wing had a rib flare like all sorts of stuff going on that led me to where I was just really bad at it I just could not get improvement until I really okay maybe I don't have a strong core maybe you know, I don't have what whatever the case is. You know, yeah. it's, it's sometimes tough to accept and, and own up to. Yeah. But, but you pressed and you were fine. There we go. Right. Simple as that. Yeah. Cool, man. All right, ready for some Spitfire? Spitfire, I like yeah. it. Yeah. All right. What are you best at? I know. I love this. Is my favorite way to start. Best like, huh? Like well, generally, well, like in the gym, like what are we? All the, whatever you pick, man. Best this, at. World is your oyster. I would say I would say the thing I'm best at is is understanding people and and relating to them. Um, one of the things I like most about training is is dealing with people, being able to be hands on one on one, person to person every day. Uh, I feel like it's it's so important to to truly listen, f- hear what people are saying, take in what they actually are feeling, you know if you ask just the right questions or a few questions in a specific place, like you can get some pretty, you know, good information. You can really dive deep into, into those kind of things, but it's all about caring. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is I do care sometimes to a fault where, you know, I'm the one that ends up suffering because I put so much time into 
other people, other things, whether it's friends, whether it's clients, sure. workers, whatever. I spread myself so, so thin just trying to help other people sometimes. Um, so in a way, it's, it's probably my best feature. It's also probably one of my bigger flaws too. Cause yeah, I'm well, that's the next question. What do you struggle with, right? Struggle with cheese. Yeah, balance is what I struggle with. Yeah. I, I, uh, as much as I do kind of get into that, um, balance of balance of work and play, but also balance of me time and then like social time is I guess what I, what I struggle with. Um, you know, I work long hours at the gym and I'm dealing with people all the time, but that's not my social hour. That's not going to hang out with my friends. That's not going to watch the game. That's not yeah. going out to get my own workout. You know, it's different. So I spend a lot of time in the gym with other people and doing other, doing things that I, you know, I enjoy doing, but it's not my free time. That's tough. I was so, talking, so then it's yeah. tough to, so it's tough to plug in, you know, what I want to do being, but then also like, I also got to get my laundry done. I also got to check the mail. Like, you know, I yeah. got to pay the bills. The bills like, yeah. I can't just go home and then goof off the rest of the time and, and sure you can you can but you shouldn't <laughs> i'll tell you it doesn't work out i tried yeah, yeah. yeah right right, right. <laughs> Learned that that's hard though i talked to my wife the other day and it's like it's hard if you talk to people one-on-one all day and i do a little bit less of that now but like it's exhausting right so you get home and you it don't necessarily so want draining. to go out in a social setting because it's more exhausting i mean yeah. some people are natural extra extroverts so the more they talk to people typically the more energy they get. I'm not necessarily like that. So it's kind of draining for me. Yeah. And usually people who are more caring and giving are naturally more introverts. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's uh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right, yeah. keep going. All right. What's the uh, number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? Just move. Just move. Even if you're sitting at your desk and, and you're stuck, you, you can get up, do some RDLs, you know, do some yeah. sit and reaches, get up and walk around, do some... Just moving is the most important thing. You know, some people have a philosophy where it's like no movement is better than incorrect movement or some movement. Who are they? Better. I'll talk to them anytime. <laughs> right? Please show well, me that. Show oh, me those more, more in like an exercise setting. Like <laughs> no, I get it. Trust got, me. Exactly. You it's know, a lot a of myths I'm trying it's to a lot of, Yeah. yeah. Um, but in the end, I think just moving is, is the best medicine. You yeah. know, I, and I think so, so many times people forget about that, you know, oh, I don't have time to go out and exercise, I'm, I'm upset, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I have all these things going on, a million things. You know, if you just take the time, move around, just, you know, yeah. it's... And there is no incorrect movement, you can there, move in multiple no ways, it's fine. <laughs> just saying, right? Incorrect movement is very contextual and it's uh, uh, Yeah, I, I'd say, uh, you know, and in the end, we're, we're, hu- we're animals, we're humans, like we're, we're, we're beasts, you know, we're, we're not... We're made to move. We're not, com- yeah, made to move, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can work you know, it We're, we're not confined to the matrix, you know, we can step out and we can still use our bodies and, and we forget that, um, yeah. you know, to where we don't actually use our bodies that much. We get up and yeah. walk, but we're, we're, we're forgers, you know, we're ravagers, we're... Yeah. Runners, we're and even to get out and move, we're about to be use our bodies, pick things up, put them down, yeah. run up things, you know. Yeah, yeah. And in a bigger sense, I almost think if you already are moving, it's like well, whatever you're not mm. doing, you probably should do right. Exactly. So back like, to, yeah. hey, if I'm avoiding pressing, I probably should start pressing. If I'm avoiding using my back, because I'm worried, you probably should start doing so movement. Or in the fact you, of like yeah. what you're not doing, you should probably start moving in that way. Or if you I'm only doing. stretch, if you just do yoga and you don't like strength work, you should probably do some strength work. Oh yeah. In some way, shape, or form. If all you do is press and lift and go hard and heavy, and you don't stretch or do anything else, you definitely need to be yeah. stretching, right? Right. It's, right. And if yoga is your form of stretching, right, that's fine. Perfect. It's just like, but, yeah. You know, go in the weight room and, and do some things. You know, do some strength strength, strength exercise. It doesn't have to be barbell bench or barbell yeah. squat. It just has to get to the point of where you're uncomfortable where and you feel like it's heavy. You're stressing your tissues yeah. to where they have to adapt, you know. Yeah. Like it's, that's simple. So uh, piggybacking off that, and I forgot to ask you this earlier, is what is your view then of kind of what a healthy person would look like or what a healthy person should be? You know, my view, I guess, of what a healthy person would be would be someone who has been able to master and at least control all aspects of their fitness. They have a good enough diet to where they stay relatively healthy. You know, of course, you know, nowadays it, it's, there's so many you can pick from. I feel like it's yeah. – you lost, But just whatever works for you, you have a healthy diet. Yep. You're, all your you know, health levels are good. All your insides are, are working properly. <laughs> you exercise regularly. Um, yep. And then you, you take yourself through through mental health exercises too, right? Mind, body, and soul. Um, it's, it's all about putting all, all of those components together to one. You know, like if I'm having a bad mood and I go in the weight room and have a crappy workout, like that just – pinballs to, to everything else right mm-hmm. like if i can channel it all together and make it work in unison that's that's where i'm the healthiest so 
you know, trying to, trying to just be balanced with it. Like I said, if there's something you're not completely doing or diving into as much as you should, you should probably, uh, uh, find a little more of those other things you're not doing a trial. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Okay, quick fun ones, real quick, because we're almost out of time here. I don't want, you know, you got to get back. Um, what is your walkout song? Walkout song. Ooh. There can only be one, Adrian. Yeah, that's tough. Can only be one. You must pick one. First one comes to your head. I mean, all I do is win is like the first one I want to say. That's a good one. I mean, that's just. I mean, exactly. That's what you're talking about. That just makes you want to go out and. I'm up. Yeah. Get, get after yep. It, so. Yep. Gotta be explicit <laughs> to this one. What's your uh, favorite cartoon? Favorite cartoon. Uh, favorite tart. Favorite cartoon growing up was. Man, that's a tough one. I kind of live in our rocks. So I didn't watch too many cartoons. Farm didn't have a lot of TV. Farm, yeah, more uh, sticks and stones. Uh, Cartoons growing up, I would probably say Captain Underpants was my favorite cartoon. Yeah. Like I read, I was like the only one. It's one of my favorite. son's favorite. Though. That's good. Oh, great. Makes me feel old. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> what's uh, the last TV show you watched? Do you the watch last TV? TV show I watched, like full all the way through, the last one I watched was actually, uh, I was actually watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine last night. There you go. That Brooklyn. counts. That's literally the last one you watched. Like, that's literally the last yeah, one I watched. That's, yeah, yeah that, was, that was good. Uh, last book you read? The last book I read has actually been, uh, still reading it, as uh, The Covenant by um, James Michener. It's actually a book where my dad got my name from, so I figured it was time to kind of dive cool. into, yeah, you know, again, back to the mind, body, soul thing, kind of trying to figure out hmm, what, you know. Mental side of things, too. Exactly, it's important. right, yeah. Um, okay, last question. Where can people find out more about you and what you're up to uh so i'm on instagram i think you're gonna tag tag yep. me on the one yep. um what about instagram, even social media uh, i'm working with personal performance over yep. uh on long point mount pleasant um we've got uh facebook personal performance chs uh and instagram at that same handle uh we're online too we've got a web page so uh that's where you can check out me and my boss owen white uh we train at a, a small studio one-on-one and uh, like i said over in in mount pleasant so Give us a call. Check us out on the social social media interwebs. And what's uh, the website? Exact like do you know? Uh, I believe it's personalperformancechs.com as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I'll link to that for sure. Yeah. So uh, that's where we're at. And uh, yeah. Cool. Thing, huh? Yeah, that was awesome, man. That was some, we gleaned some good conversations from yeah, there. Yeah, I feel like there's so much more left out on the table. Yeah, so. I mean, that's the hard part, right? <laughs> yeah, we could go Joe Rogan style one day. But oh, my know. goodness, yeah. Yeah, you're, you, uh, you have a lot of clients you're seeing. They got to care about. That's I love right, it. that's right. That was so well said. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget, educate yourself, empower others, and take care of your body. You only get one. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.